Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Everyone and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host Juliet Lamar, and joining me today is Mike Mossner. He is the founder and CEO at W Promote. Welcome, Mike. Thank you. I am uh, super glad to virtually be here. So, you guys have a lot going on over at W Promote. Why don't you give our listeners a little insight into who you are, what your company does? Yeah, yeah, we do have a lot going on. So. WPromote, basically, we're a digital agency, and what we really think about what that means for our clients is we help drive uh, customer acquisition and growth, right? So I think if you uh, if you asked a customer or a client of ours what we do, they would say, well, they help us acquire customers using digital channels, help fuel our business, and are hopefully words like partner would come out a lot more than an agency, although we, you know, I guess technically we, we, are, we are an agency. Um, the clients that we really kind of focus on that we find are kind of this, what we call the sweet spot would be what, what we define as challenger brands. So these are usually, you know, companies that are not the 800 pound gorilla that have in their industry that have uh, some traction in the market. They've got something that's working, a product service, you know, wide variety of industries, and they're looking to scale it and to profitably grow. And so that was kind of a mouthful, but that is kind of in from a 30,000 foot view, what we're doing. And then we have lots of little pieces that help us get that done. And what really sets you apart from other agencies that, or partnerships, I would say, um, in this space? Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think that, listen, we're in an incredibly busy space. There's small agencies and boutique and vertical-specific and humongous global monoliths and everything in the middle, and there are vendors and consultancies. So there's, you know, it's a really messy space in that sense. There's lots of lots and lots of overlap. Um, you know, I think what what uh, what makes us unique is one, we really partner uh, to be an extension of an internal marketing team. So, you know, when I think about traditional agency relationships, um, like you know, historical agency relationships, you have this, you know, this external group that kind of goes off and comes up with ideas or or creates campaigns and kind of comes back and you know, shows you a graph that miraculously goes up and to the right. And some CMOs I talk to are like, hey, my worst nightmare is I have five agencies and they all come in once a month and show me a graph that goes up and to the right. But that's not where my business is going. And so it feels like this big disconnect. I think we, in that sense, try to be the unagency, right? That we work very closely. We're sort of an elastic extension of an internal team that is, you know, inherently bandwidth strapped and, and looking to do a lot more than they can. And, um, and then we're that, that literally that business partner in driving growth through the things that we do, which is paid search and social media and SEO and email marketing and creative and so forth. Very cool. Um, do you have any use cases you want to share with us that, that really are inspiring to you? Sure. Yeah, so I'll, I'll share kind of like a couple of kind of what I think of the buckets of, of the types of engagements we, we might have, right? So um, one would be the, you know, kind of traditional fast-growing startup maybe like a, a, a born, on, born online brand that's really looking to scale and grow. So Zenny Optical, which is, a, you know, their competitor, Warby Parker, they, uh, you know, they started sort of out of a garage. They're now, you know, several hundred million dollars in revenue and growing very rapidly. And, and we were like the partner to drive that growth. A second example would be businesses going through transformation. So retail is a great example of this, right? So you have 
a company like Papyrus, who is, sells physical greeting cards and, and in paper products um, in retail. Right? This is a, that's a doubly, triply challenging world to live in, and we're helping really transform their business and, and allowing digital marketing to, to, to help them uh, help support all their retail, but actually help, be, uh, help them survive and thrive in their own right. Um, and then sometimes it'll be very large organizations, and we're coming in to help them solve specific problems. So, you know, we do SEO for Home Depot. Is a we they have lots and lots of agencies globally doing lots of things, and we're solving particular problems. But those are kind of maybe three, uh, as you said, use cases of different kind of different DNA of companies, but um, uh, and, and kind of the way that we slot in and, and hopefully provide a lot of impact. You know, what are some of the the most important things that businesses need to focus on? when they are, you know, gaining some traction, but they still need more, you know, what are some like, I guess the pitfalls you see, you yeah. see companies take? Yeah, it's a really good question. So I'd say this one of the single biggest, and I don't even know if you'd call it a necessarily a pitfall, but sort of missed opportunity or, or when, or when they get this, it becomes transformative is really understanding the value of your customer. So you'll hear terms like lifetime value. It doesn't literally have to be a lifetime, but that there's, so much marketing is the the efficacy of it is measured at what happens at the moment of transaction, right? I do a search, I do I buy something today, and I spent fifty dollars, and so my value is fifty dollars. Well, when you are able to shift that thinking to no, that was just hopefully the first of a sequence of purchases or interactions that have a lot of value. It changes the value of the way you think about a customer, which changes the the amount you're willing to to invest to acquire a customer, and it literally changes the, the whole mechanics of the business. Um, that is one of these from two shifts that, uh, that when you do it, it really changes not just your marketing, but the way that you think about growth of the business. And the interesting thing is most companies have not done that. They really don't have it. They might not really know what the customer is, is, is worth, right, over a longer period of time. And, you know, that's why we have a, a data science team trying to, like, crunch numbers and look at customer data and figure out churn and lots of complex stuff. Because when you do that, it just kind of overnight changes the lens through which you view all of the business decisions you make. Absolutely. And as a customer, I love to hear that. Yes. You know, make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it, it, it means that you don't, you don't look at it and you're forced to treat, assume that all your customers have the same value, right? Like if I can, if I can identify in advance that somebody appears to be likely to be a really, really valuable customer, um, then I want to work harder to find them and bring them in. And a customer that looks like I can identify and predict that they're most likely going to buy once and never again because of whatever reason, then I probably don't want to spend my marketing dollars finding them. And that's, that's when we get there, that that's a really exciting place to be. And I think that customers really appreciate that as well. Um, you know, as you know, it's, you know, we want to be treated like if we are a special customer, we know we like that brand. We know that we're going to be a recurring customer. And it's really nice to be acknowledged by that company to see that they see us, you know, oh, they see us. They see that we're a valuable customer and they see that we are different than the other customers. That feels good when you're buying. It does. It does. And you know, what's interesting too. And, and I think most, you know, this probably goes back to what makes you different from an agency perspective or, or marketing partner perspective is so much of marketing is geared on bringing new customers in the door. And, and sometimes what is missed when that's the focus, the singular focus is that nurturing a customer that has purchased once to purchase a second time through great customer service or shipping a product quickly, or just the product itself, you know, just, 
telling the story or whatever it is, that experience that gets them from purchase one to two, that is many times more valuable and more, more necessary to a company than acquiring a new customer for the first time, right? That if I can get over that hump of the second purchase, I'm really likely to make it to the third or fifth or 10th purchase. And so um, that, that uh, thinking a lot about that, I think is not what we usually think of as marketing, but it's something that we, at, you know, WFMO, we think about a lot because we think we realize I don't really care about, um, you know, my goal is ultimately to help grow the business. And if I grow the business through turning good customers into great customers, that's as valuable as just throwing a bunch of new leads in the door. And it's, you know, it's all about trust. You know, the customers want to trust the company and the company wants to trust that their customers are going to come back. And then you build this community and this relationship, um, you know, because most of us are very busy. We don't have time to try out a bunch of different things. We don't want to buy one product here, one product there, one product there. We want to just keep going to the same place and buying a product that we trust and we know that is also recognizing us. So it's a, it's a really great way of, of handling it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and it's, it's, you can, when you get that, what we'll call a like customer centricity, uh, it, it really changes the lens of the business. It really kind of turns you into less of a, a, a company focused on sales and to one that's focused on delivering, you know, great experience. And that is a lot more rewarding for organizations as well when they really can make that shift. Absolutely. And I think that you've probably seen the longevity it creates for a business. Just by oh, yeah. shifting your mindset. Oh yeah, I mean it's great for the business. It's great for the customer. I mean it's great for the 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 aura of the brand digitally. It's great for. I mean it it sort of has this ripple effect uh, that's that's really pronounced. So give us a little background about yourself. How how did you come to find yourself as the founder and CEO at yeah. W Promote? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I um, My parents are both teachers, so I don't know where sort of the entrepreneurial thing came from, but I always had it. I mean, when I was 12 years old, I would, you know, had a car wash business and I was like the neighborhood babysitting kid. And I, I think one time I threw a, a garage sale while my parents were actually out of town and I sold a bunch of their stuff. And they, they, they didn't like that, but I, I did give them a cut of the money when they came back. But yeah, I just always loved business. I liked, I, it, I mean, I think the money was a, a measuring stick, but I just sort of liked it. To me, that was my version of creating. Um, you know, I think artists may paint, and for me, that was kind of producing something that I found interesting and problem-solving, and and business became the lens. So um had written, kind of gotten into computers as a teenager when I was uh, 14, wrote the software programs, put them on AOL back in the day. And, um, and uh, then in college, kind of instead of a traditional college job, I was building people's websites. This is like 99, 2000. And I I kept delivering websites and, you know, for, you know, local real estate agents and attorneys and whatnot. And they would say, well, what do I do with it now? Like, now that I have a website and now we, today we'd obviously say, oh, well, you should market it and do all these wonderful things. That wasn't really obvious back then. And so that question that I kept not really having the answer for gave birth to W Promote. And I had owned the domain name because I bought some dot-com names. I thought I'd get rich off those. That didn't work. But... I own W Promote. I thought it was kind of catchy and short, and um, and so what? In 2001, W Promote launched out of the dorm room at, at Dartmouth, and was a at the very beginning, the first incarnation. It was a uh, $10 per month service to submit all of your website or your website to all of the search engines at the time. And I think back then there was in my list I had about 200, and um, and that was that was the very 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 beginning. And, and about two years later. 
when I graduated, uh, I came very close to stopping my little at home or, you know, in the dorm room business that was kind of like lucrative pizza money business, but wasn't really sure where it could go and almost went to, uh, to New York and became an investment banker and um, ended up uh, after a very awkward interview question, uh, uh, I, uh, I realized it wasn't uh, that wasn't for me, and I came home and uh, said, "Well, let, let me see if I can turn this into something um, that's bigger. And if I can't, I'm sure that I can always go back and get some sort of job." So that's that was the uh, the, the the early 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 days. Well, good for you for following your gut and and really you know staying true to yourself through this whole process. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I look back, it was it wasn't that hard back then. I think I look back now and it seems a little crazier because I'm I don't know, probably older and and less uh less risk averse, but you know, that's kind of the beauty of of those those early days is um, you know, you're able to kind of go with your gut and not with uh, you know, uh what is the responsible thing or what is the you know the the what makes sense in the spreadsheet and and that's you know I think that's kind of what what drives a lot of those early entrepreneurial decisions of just kind of hey I, this feels like feels good and it feels like it's going to be fun and and I'm excited about it and so let's do what I'm excited about. No, absolutely. Um, so you know advertising is changing so quickly. We're seeing, I mean, just in the last six months, as just a regular person out here, I'm seeing you know such an up, such an uptick in Instagram ads that I see on my feed and such an uptick on Facebook ads and you know, ads are really, it feel like they're really evolving quickly. And I was just wondering, you know, which ones are the most effective? You know, are people really seeing, you know, a lot of increased sales from like Instagram and Facebook and those kind of social media ads? Yeah. So, so interestingly, um, so yeah, it, the social media advertising on Facebook and really Instagram as a, as a, the, the bigger driver in the last 12 to 18 months than, than mm-hmm. Facebook as sort of a less, a less mature, but faster growing platform. Um, yeah. The, the short answer is, that uh, people are interacting and purchasing. I, and, I, you know, it's funny. I, sometimes I'll look over at my wife as like a focus group of one and she'll be laying there in bed and she's actually like discovery shopping on Instagram, which is fascinating. Which is really <laughs> yeah, I do that too. <laughs> and actually, makes you, I mean, we've, we've made travel decisions or at least we've, we've, we've been introduced to like, you know, places to visit and then done our other research be, or, or products um, through that. So, Interestingly, it does work. I th- I'd say the in terms of behind the scenes, like from the marketer perspective, the the thing that works the best is when it's what we'd call what we refer to as audience driven marketing. So instead of saying, um, you know, I want to reach somebody that's you know 25 to 30 that's a female in California, that's those are those are fairly challenging too. They don't work as well. Interestingly, what what actually works is when you can take your actual customers, your past customers. You take their their like email addresses, their information. You put them into Facebook, and then it matches to people that are behaviorally similar, right? So it doesn't mean that they're the same age or gender or location, but it means that it looks at billions and trillions of signals and identifies people that they think are likely to act similarly to that group, right? It's kind of like how 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 Google AlphaGo play, learns to play chess. It doesn't even know what it's playing, but it's sort of you feed it a bunch of stuff and it. It figures out its own path, and it's for those kind of the, the nerdy group here. Like this is what machine learning is is one of the areas it's been the most impactful for in AI. But we never see as consumers. But what we end up seeing is just an oddly pretty good targeted app that showed up in my feed. And huh, actually, actually, wow, I, I am I do have a ten month old at home, and and that is a high chair that that looks good. Like those moments are are not uh, so much brilliant marketing as really 
smart computing. And I really love that our world, it seems, I mean, pockets of our world are moving past like the, the box checking. It's not like, oh, we need a California girl, you know, ages 25 to 30 to buy our skincare products. Age doesn't matter as much because people are living longer. People's mindsets are broader. People, young people are acting more mature or older people are acting more young. And I feel like that bleeding together of, of those demographics is, is really neat. And I love how you're saying it's more behavioral based other than, you know, gender or age based. Yeah. No, it's, it's so interesting. We, uh, and it's why that that marketing, you know, picking an, your typical traditional like media buying, you know, hey, I got to reach 18 to 28 year old men that, um, those, bec- the, the reason that doesn't work is exactly what you're describing. It's funny. A buddy of mm-hmm. mine just bought, um, he's a, he's a millennial, right? He's like, you know, early thirties and, and, uh, he, he just bought a company that does, um, uh, motor home campsites. So if you, if you want, if you're on a road trip oh, and so you want to park, park it like a winery or a cool farmhouse, it has, it's like this listing for it. Right. And his demographics are both millennials and retired people and the baby boomers. And they're like very, very different people that are both falling into this very similar, like love of the outdoors and exploration and cutting off from technology and so forth. So, you know, it, a traditional view of the world w- would have really had a hard time reconciling that from a marketing perspective. And, um, and, and that, I think that's just what, you know, I, I just love that example of how our assumptions would be wildly wrong um, about these either diverging or, you know, kind of people breaking the mold of what they should, you know, millennials shouldn't be driving motorhomes, right? Like what, like that breaks the the perception that we would all have. And yet it's at the, this like exploding um, the demographic for them. Oh, absolutely. And I love that, that it's breaking the molds. And, and, you know, you think about, I'm, I'm visualizing that, that campground where, you know, we have the baby boomers and the millennials and they've driven up their, their airstreams or their, you know, camper trailers, and they're all sitting around the campfire and, and they're all having a great conversation. And really, I think the eyes of people are also changing. You know, they're not looking at the baby boomers thinking, oh, these people are like my parents. They're thinking, oh, this, is, this person's a person I can talk to and, and we have similar interests. And it's also like a mindset change. Yeah, yeah, it, it's interesting. And, you know, I think that's a great example where technology brings us together, right? It allows people with common interests to to connect in ways that uh, that are really exciting and fun. And, you know, listen, there's, there's you, you read the news, you can't help but, but, but conclude that that technology is bad, right? And that we're all, you know, it's, it's sucking <laughs> us in and we're in there. So there's lots of negative and, tr- and all of those things, many of those things are, are totally valid. But, you know, it's, I love finding these moments of, hey, I, I discovered a new place I never would have discovered without Instagram. And I, I was introduced to a product that I now love, or I'm in a campsite having a great conversation next to somebody that I never would have connected with. Like those are, those are pretty special moments. And you know, you don't you don't get to read about those in the news because that's not what uh, sells. But um, mm-hmm. I, I, I do find it I do find it uh, uh, gratifying, nevertheless. Definitely. So, Mike, where is the best place for people to connect with you to find out more about W Promote and to get started if they want to start being a challenger? Yeah, for sure. So, um, WPromote.com, we have a bunch of stuff up. Uh, we actually have uh, uh, we're throwing our first challenger summit September 24th and 25th in LA for kind of brands and marketers looking to to grow, and it'll be this awesome day and a half with lots of stuff. Uh, I'm, I respond to every email I get, uh, um, and uh, I'm at Twitter at, at Mothner, and I'm at Mike at WFMO.com, um, and happy to, uh, to meet. We're headquartered in LA. We've got 
eight offices around the country, and uh, we, I, I, if it doesn't come across, we really love what we do, and we're excited about helping. Uh, you know, we get inspired when we get to help companies kind of grow and, and accomplish and hopefully uh, uh, beat their goals and sort of acquire and grow and hire, and that sort of like ecosystem is what gets us um, excited to get out of bed in the morning. So, um, yeah, I'd love to hear from, from your audience and, and really, uh, um, you know, enjoy connecting with everyone. Fantastic. Mike, thank you so much for joining us here today. And we're looking forward to, to many more wonderful things coming out of W Promote. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. That is Mike Mothner. He is the founder and CEO of W Promote. Again, their website is wpromote.com. This has been Juliette Lamar of Future Tech Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.